KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. This week we read Parshat Mishpatim, and the first mitzvah, the first parsha of Parshat Mishpatim, actually discusses the concept of Eved Ivri, a Jewish slave, a Jewish slave who can be sold. There are two examples in of an Eved Ivri, and one is a person who sells himself when he is so indigent that he cannot even afford to sustain himself, and the other is a case where the Eved is sold by Bezdin, a person who stole, does not have the means to repay his debt, and Bezdin has the right to sell him. We will discuss in this shiur the concept of owning another person, specifically an Eved Ivri, but we will relate that to other cases of a possibility of owning someone. What does it mean really to own someone? The Torah says, in regards to Eved Ivri, ki tikne Eved Ivri, when you buy a slave. Buying implies chattel. I own something like I own a book, like I own my cow, like I own my television. I own a slave. The Torah, in fact, refers to the concept of owning someone, specifically also in this week's parsha, when the Torah says an interesting halacha that we will not go into the depth of, but we'll just explain certain points of it. The Torah says in Parshat Mishpatim, Perik Chaf Aleph Pasuk Chaf, V'chi yake ishet avdo o amato b'shevet umet tachet yado, nakom yinakem. If a person hits his slave, either male or female, with a staff, umet tachet yado, and the Eved dies as a result of being hit, nakom yinakem. He should be avenged. The punishment for Nakomina came apparently is a of Misa. He is guilty of murder, and this would be the Misa of Cherev. However, the Torah says, Ach im yom o yomayim ya'amod, if the person who was sm- smitten, this Eved who was hit, will live a day or two. In such a case, we are not a hundred percent sure that the death was a result of the original beating. The Torah says then, Lo yukam. He will not be avenged. And the Torah gives the reason, Ki chaspohu, because he is his property. This halacha, that an Eved is considered Kenyan Kaspo, the ramification of which is that in what we would call unintentional manslaughter, a certain type of manslaughter, but perhaps it's not direct, and therefore it's 
somewhat considered unintentional. This halacha re- does require elucidation. Why would it be that in, if you hit your Eved, you do Archai of Misa, but unless he it lingers on a day or two. But nevertheless, our issue right now is the Torah says, Ki chaspahu, that he is his Kesef. So that means that an Eved bought by a an owner is considered as Kinyan Kaspo. It, the Eved really belongs to him. The Michilta, part of which is quoted by Rashi on Chumash, says that this is not referring to an Eved Ivri. We said by an Eved Ivri, in the case of an Eved Ivri, we said there are two examples of an Eved Ivri. Mocher Atzmo or Machur Bezdin. A person who sells himself or someone who's sold by Bezdin. But of course, there's another concept completely. An Eved Kanani, a non-Jewish slave who was bought by a Jewish owner. And the Torah, in this particular case, what we were discussing, the law of Yom, which is known as Yom or Yomayim, a day or two, the, in that case, the Michilta says clearly, this refers to an Eved Kanani, but it doesn't refer to an Eved Ivri. Why not? The Kichaspahu, an Eved is bought with Kesef. If an Eved is bought with Kesef, then there should be no difference between an Eved Ivri and an Eved Kanani. They are both attained by method of paying money. So the Michilta explains, Ein Kinyano Kinyan Olam. The Kinyan of an Eved Ivri is not somehow considered a full Kinyan. The literal translation of Kinyan Olam would be an eternal Kinyan. Does that mean that an Eved Ivri is Konui? Well, there's a very famous Gemara in Kedushim, Daf Yudalit, that the Gemara says there that if you tell your your servant to leave, you're Eved Ivri. You tell him to leave. It is not sufficient just to say go, to leave. Similarly, and we'll contrast the case later, to a married woman, in the case of a divorce, you must have a document, you must have a shtar, a get, to break the concept of Kiddushin, of Nesuin. Similarly, for an Evidivri, you require a shtar. It has to be a legal document where, in which the Kinyan is removed. So the Gemara says there is also Meres, Evidivri Gufo Kanoi. And Evidivri is Gufo Kanoi. He is bought. He is bought by the Adon and it's as if the Adon owns him. And this leads us to the assumption that someone can be owned by another person. The halacha, that gufo kanui, the halacha, the eved, has a kinyan. The owner has the kinyan in the eved. This halacha is reflected, this concept is reflected by halacha, that rabbo mosel lo shifcha A regular Jew, obviously, would not be allowed to marry a non-Jewish person. In our, Torah, in our parasha, the Torah says, If the master will give him a wife, and it's referring to a shivcha knanis. Now, this concept that an Eved is allowed to marry shivcha knanis seems to be based on the concept that there's a Kenyan in the Eved, and since there's a Kenyan, you can give him a shivcha knanis. Does this apply in both cases, both Machu Atzmo or Machu Bezdin? This is a Machlokas Rishonim. 
There's a controversy in the Rishonim about this point. The Rambam thinks that only a Mahu Bezdin is allowed to Shifcha Knanis, whereas the Ritva and others think that in all cases he's allowed to have a Shifcha Knanis. The issue of having a Shifcha Knanis is apparently based on the fact that he's Nikna, that he's bought. So, is an Evid bought or not bought? On one hand, the halacha of Yomo Yomayim refers to Kinyan Kaspo of an Evid Ivri, of an Evid Knani, but an Evid Ivri is excluded from that. We said the din of Yomo Yomayim only applies to an Evid Knani, not to an Evid Ivri. On the other hand, we said Evid Ivri is also Gufo Konui. For the purpose of having a Shifcha Knanis, he is considered Kinyan Kaspo, and he's bought with Kasef. What does it really mean that an Evid Ivri belongs to the owner. Does he really have a Kenyan? The Rambam says, based on Gemaros, but for our purposes we'll just use the Rambam, the Rambam says in Hilchos Avadim, Peregdalid Halacha Yud, that a person cannot sell a Shifcha Knanis, and he not, cannot, sorry, he cannot sell his Amoha Evriya, and Adam cannot sell his lady servant. The, besides the case of Eved Ivri, the Jewish slave that we talked about before, there's a case of an Amah Ivriya. A young girl below the age of 12 can be sold by her father. And the Rambam, based on our, on our Parsha, the Torah says that the Adon has the right to marry her. In essence, the concept of an Amah Ivriya is really more of a concept of a type of a marriage. The Adon can buy her and then marry her, or if he wishes, he can give the Amma, as it were, to his son to marry. And in that respect, I said the concept of an Amma Ivriya is really basic the concept of marriage. The Rambam says there in Perak Dalad Halacha Yud, Eina Adon Yachol Limkar Amma Ivriya, Vulo Litna Lishacher, Ben Rachok Ben Karov, don't think that a, a master who could marry the girl is allowed to sell her. He can't sell her, he can't give her to anyone else. The only Allah is he can marry her or give her to a son. And the Ramam goes on to say, If he did sell or gave her away, it doesn't work. The Torah said clearly in our parsha. You cannot sell her to a stranger when he somehow does an act of begida. We would actually call it a type of treason. He took her apparently with the concept of marriage in mind and then when he doesn't want to marry her and he gives her away, that's considered somewhat an act of bigdobas, an act of treason, but he's not allowed to sell her. And then the Ramam goes on, you cannot give away or sell an Eved Ivri as well. Now, the Torah said by an Amah Ivriya that you can't sell her. It didn't say it by an Eved Ivri. An Eved Ivri, the Torah said you can't sell. But Amah Ivriya, the Torah said it clearly. And the Ram says... Yeroyali, when the Rambam says Yeroyali, it means it's an opinion of his without a source. 
Yehroyli, it seems to me, there's no reason for the Torah really to say it's Aser by a, a, a lady, the, young, the girl maidservant. There's no reason to say that you can't sell an Amma Obviously you can't sell an Amma because you can't sell an Eved Ivri. Eved Ivri and Amma have similar dinim. Similar laws apply to both. If you can't sell an Eved Ivri, then certainly you cannot sell an Amma So the Ram says, yes, you're right, but nevertheless the Torah spelled it out by Amma and said you can't sell her because one may have thought that Amma since the Adon has the right to marry her to his son, so in a sense what he's doing is giving her to someone else, I might have thought that it's a special dispensation that an, Ad- an Adon can give away his Amma The Torah says no, even Amma although you have rights to marry her and to give her in marriage to your son, but you're not allowed to give her to someone else. So both halachas are obviously true. You cannot sell an Eved Ivri, and you cannot sell Amma Does this somehow reflect the fact that you don't own him completely? Generally, the definition of ownership might be the fact that I own something means I can do with it as I'd like. I can sell it, or perhaps I can even destroy it. But an Eved or Ivri, I can't sell. So, perhaps, that would be the concept of a limited type of balus, a li- limited type of ownership, and therefore, the laws that we said before, of yom o yomayim, would not apply to him, because I didn't, don't really own him. We would have another example of such a case, in the law that a, an Eved eats truma. The Torah says, in Parshas Emor, if a Kohen buys someone, Nefesh, he buys a, a soul, a person, Kinyan Kaspo, spending money, so that person is allowed to eat Shuma. Again, Rashi, in the name of the Torah's Kohanim, will say there, this is referring to an Evid Kinani. An Evid Kinani is called Kinyan Kaspo. If I own my non-Jewish slave, I own him like I own other possessions. And therefore, that's called Kenyan Kaspo. But, it's to exclude an Evidivri. An Evidivri cannot eat Chuma. He's not considered Kenyan Kaspo. And I'm asking, why is he not considered Kenyan Kaspo? I buy him with Kasef. And Gufo Kanoi. As we said, the Gemara and Kedushin Dafyudal, it says Gufo Kanoi, he's bought. But, uh, again, I could say, well, you can't, you can't sell him. And perhaps this is a lack of ownership. You don't really own him. And Evid Kanani, you could sell. And Evid Ivri, you can sell. So therefore, I might argue and say that an Evid Ivri, although he's bought with Kesef, and although it's called Gufo Konui, but I don't have full ownership in the Evid. And one really could argue this point. Why can you not really sell an Evid? Since you own him, since you've bought him, and you have Kenyan Kaspo, you have the concept of Kenyan Haguf, you have the concept of Guf Okanoi, so why can't you really sell him? One might suggest, as I said, that it's a lack of ownership. I do not really own him. That's not a complete concept of ownership. And ownership is determined by 
by determining if I can sell or perhaps even destroy something. One could posit, however, that the reason you can't sell an Evidivri is not because of a lack of ownership at all, but it is not dignified to sell a person. Even when Bezdin sells a person, has a right to sell a person, the Torah says in Emor, Lo in Mimkeres Aved, in Bahar. Lo Mimkeres Aved. They should not be sold the way slaves are sold. Now, in one context, the halacha is, even in a case where you could sell a person, it has to be done in a dignified manner. But, in our particular case, it might be considered undignified to sell an evidivri, not because you don't own him. It could be that you can own him, and ownership would determine that you are allowed to sell him, but it's not proper to do it, and therefore the Torah forbade it. In fact, in the Rambam, when the Rambam said the halacha that I quoted before, that the Rambam said an amma cannot be sold, so the Rambam said also, not only can they not be sold, but they cannot be given away. Now, you might ask, why did the Rambam have to say they might not be given away? Once you say your ownership is limited and you can't sell it, then you can't give it away. You might argue and say that that's what Allah has said. You have limited ownership and therefore you can't either give it or sell it. But you might argue differently. The real Isur, the real reason you can't sell an Eved is because it's not dignified. And you might think the act of selling him is not dignified. But giving him away might be considered a different type of acquisition. Perhaps a lack of dignity would not be involved. And then the Raman would come to say, no, in both cases, there's a lack of dignity. It's not proper just to treat a, a human being as chattel and to sell him. This Allah, as we said before, refers to Inevitably. So, according to what we've explained so far, inevitably has a Kenyan Haguf, you do own him, nevertheless, you can't sell him, whether that's limited ownership or not is questionable, but because of the fact that he's not considered Kenyan Caspo, and we have to try to figure out why really is he not considered Kenyan Caspo, so then the Din of Yom Yomayim does not apply, and according to the law, he cannot eat truma. So, in order to discuss this further, I'd like to raise the issue of a married woman. The word Kenyan, as it applies to a person, has been the object of the discussion until now. We have the Mishnah in Kedushin that says, Ha'isha nikneis b'shlosh when we talk about Kiddushin, we talk about, according to the Rambam, the mitzvah of Kiddushin. So the Torah said, a man takes a wife. The Mishnah, the first Mishnah of Masechus Kiddushin, uses the word of Kinyan. The Gemara, of course, will point out that in the second parak, the Gemara, the Mishnah begins with the concept of Ish. Mekadesh, the concept of Kiddushin. Whereas in the first parak, the Mishnah discusses the word of Kinyanim, Haisha Nikneis. A woman is acquired. We will discuss Kinyan Kesef. A woman is acquired, this is the way we practice it today. By giving Kesef, or actually Shava Kesef, today the custom of course is to give a ring, and that creates a Kinyan. Now, if that would create a Kinyan, 
does that really mean that a husband owns his wife? For our purposes, the laws of slavery, well, slavery obviously is a different concept. I bought somebody to work. The concept of even if I am kona isha, I'm kona and isha with the concept of kedushin in mind. So, is there really a considered a Kenyan? On one hand, it seems that there really is a Kenyan, a concept of Kenyan. We said before that an Evadivri does not eat Shuma because he's not, not called Kenyan Kaspa. The din of Yom Yom Mayim doesn't apply to him. He's not considered, he's not considered Ain Kenyan no Kenyan Olam. It's not a permanent Kenyan. But a married woman certainly does eat Shuma. Not only does a married woman eat Shuma, and one could argue that the criteria for eating Truma or perhaps other matnos kuna, other gifts that a Kohen is entitled to, apply to his household. Beso. Yelid beso him yochlu b'lachmo. And a woman certainly, a married woman, is certainly considered beso. In fact, we say that beso, the ikar of beso, the main concept of calling something beso, is the wife, not the husband. A husband, the Gemara mentioned that he called his wife Beso. She is the Akeres Sabais. She's the essence of the house. So when the Torah says that, for example, Matnas uh, Kuna can be eaten by Beso, I understand that refers to a married woman, and therefore our discussion is not relevant. However, we would have a concept of a woman who is not considered Beso, but be, could be considered Kenyan. Who would that be? That's an, a woman who has Eresin without Nesuin. Today, our custom is, we do the Eresin and Nesuin at the same time. Today, we go to the Chasana. At the point where we go, to, we go to the Chasana, the Kala going to the Chasana, is a single girl for all practical purposes. The fact that she was engaged by uh, somehow the custom of what that we call uh, having a vart or drinking l'chaim or whatever it is, has no halachic ramification. And under the chuppah, the custom today is we the chasen gives the kala the ring, and that creates kedushin. That is actually considered a kenyan. Kiyikach ish isha, we learn through kenyan kasef, and that's considered a kenyan. We, in our custom today, we do the Nesuin right afterwards. And according to the Ramam, for example, Nesuin would be when they go into the Yichud room. That's the Nesuin. The only time today that a girl, a Kala, would be considered Arusa and not yet Nesua is, according to the Ramam, between the Eresin and Nesuin, those few minutes that it would take her, that it would take them, after they do the Eresin, to walk and enter the Yichud room. However, in the time of the Gemara, Eresin was done much before the Nesuin. In fact, the Gemara in the beginning of Masechus Ksubos explains that there was a maximum period of time of a year. The Chasen was given a year to follow up Eresin with Nesuin. They felt it would be unfair to the Kala if within a year he does not do Nesuin. But Eresin would mean technically she's an Eshesi. She gave her Kesef, and basically, she is Neshazish. She doesn't live at the house of the Chassan. They did not. They were not married yet, but they were what I call halachically engaged. Arusin or Kedushin, those two words are synonymous. And at which point, she is an Arusa. Now, what's the din of an Arusa? Today, 
I said uh, hardly exist an Arusa without a Nesua. But in the time of the Gemara, there was a period of time between Erisin and Nesuin. What would be her status at that time between Erisin and Nesuin? I said she's a Neshesish. She's married and she is definitely forbidden to the world as an Neshesish. But our question is, would she be able to eat Shuma? Since a Kohen is allowed to give Kinyan Kaspo, in our case, an Evid Kanani can eat Shuma. Evid Ivri cannot eat Shuma. What about an Isha Arusa? A woman who is Arusa, can she eat Shuma? She is Kinyan Kaspo or not? So the Gemara says that today we do not allow an Arusa today being the time of the Gemara, the time that we would have Shuma, the time that we would eat Shuma. But according to the Din, we would not allow an Arusa to eat Shuma. And the Gemara says reasons that the Chachamim said it's Aser. But the Gemara says, Dvar Torah, Midaraisa, according to Biblical law, Bas Yisrael, Harusa the Kohen Ochelos Bechuma, a young, a Kala, who's Arusa, engaged, halachically, to a Kohen, made Chuma according to Biblical law. Why? Because the Torah says, Kinyan Kaspo, V'chohen Kiyikne Nefesh, Kinyan Kaspo, Uyochabalachmo. A Kohen who buys someone, Kenyan Kaspo, is really a Kenyan. And therefore, he can eat Shuma. So, an Arusa is Kenyan Kaspo. Since an Arusa is Kenyan Kaspo, they can eat Shuma. Now, that's very interesting. We said that an Evadivi cannot eat Shuma, but uh, an Arusa may eat Shuma. You don't own your Evadivi. Does this mean that you own your Isha, more than you would own an Eved Ivri. This has been, concept has been rejected by many different Rishonim. The Rajbah, for example, explains in Kedushin Davav that no one should mistake and think that a woman, as it were, belongs to her husband. The Rajbah there has an interesting concept. If a person would lend money to a woman and then cancel the debt, because of he, that debt, that money that she owes him would be somehow transformed into Kesef Kedushin, into the money that he would give her to create Kedushin. So the Gemara discusses, is this possible or not? The Rajbah there says, but the problem of Ribis, the problem of interest would be a, a very uh, severe problem. Because let's say he had $25 that he lent this woman, and then he says, I'll be Mekadashi with the $25. So what is he getting back in exchange? He's getting the $25 as Kesef Kedushin, which he's saving. But he's also getting a wife. He's also attaining a wife. So the wife would be considered ribis. The Rajbah there says, another Rishonim in many other contexts say almost exactly the same thing. It's not that she belongs to her husband. A woman is nicknames, but doesn't belong. What does that mean? So here we have to institute a new concept which will explain everything that we've discussed before. When we talk about the word Kenyan, Kenyan might have two meanings in our cases. There's what we would call a Kenyan Mamon and a Kenyan Iser. The Kenyan Mamon means I owe something, I own it like I own my my books and my, my possessions. Kenyan Iser is not something that I own. For the purpose of Isurim, I acquired it, and acquired is a borrowed term here. But it means that Isurim were created by this act. 
in the case of a single kala, a single young lady, before she got married, before she became halachically engaged, she's usher, she's mutter to the entire world. There is, of course, uh, uh, not, I'm not going to discuss now the concept of relations outside the concept of Kedushin. But certainly, there's no chi of Misa, a, an Eshesish, a married woman who commits adultery, and this would apply to an Arusa as well, to a one late who's halachically engaged, that would certainly create an Easter of Arayos. That would create an Easter of Eshesish, where the woman would be ushered to the world. Before she's married, she's not ushered to the world. So Eshesin is a Kenyan Easter that creates the Easter for the entire world. But Kenyan Mamon, in the terms that we understand it, that you own, the Rajbah said, no, you don't own it. So we can suggest by Kenyan, by an Evid Ivri, the same halach is true. When we talked about the Kenyan Mamon, the fact that you own him, so that's one issue. By an Evid Ivri, you could discuss some sort of a, a concept of, of Kenyan Mamon. But for our purposes, we're discussing the Kenyan Iser. The, what is the Kenyan Iser? The halachic status that's engendered by this Kenyan. When a, when a person mar- buys a, co- a, a, a Yisrael, when you buy a Jewish servant, so then the Kenyan that you acquired allows him to now marry a Shifra Kananis. He can marry now a non-Jewish maid. If this is true, the Kenyan Isa was created by the Kenyan, not the Kenyan Mamon. So apparently, the Kenyan Isa is what allows a person to eat Shuma. And now, the, not the Kenyan mama. For we said for a woman, the arusa is allowed to eat chuma, but we said there is no real Kenyan mama. There is only Kenyan iser. So therefore, we would say the Kenyan iser applies to the arusa, in which case she's allowed to eat chuma. So why wouldn't this be true by an evidivri? Why would we say that he cannot eat chuma in terms of the? Kenyan Mammon, so we said actually the Kenyan Mammon doesn't allow him to, he doesn't allow to the wife, there is no Kenyan Mammon. By the, by the Evid one could discuss what allows him to eat Truma. But apparently we could say, by an Evid the Kenyan Isser allows him to eat Truma, or we could suggest the Kenyan Mammon allows him to eat Truma. The, or the, uh, Ktsos in his Chuvas of the Avne Miluim has a long discussion. Whether really these laws are based on the Kenyan Isra or Kenyan Maman. To make it very brief, we're going to say that by an Evid Ivri, we could theoretically have discussed A, is there a Kenyan Maman? B, is there a Kenyan Isra? The Kenyan Maman we've discussed might not be sufficient to, might not be a, enough of a Kenyan Maman because you can't sell him. The Kenyan Isra of, of an Evid Ivri is different than the Kenyan Isra of a a married woman. And what would be the difference? So the key would be to use those words that we found before in the Mechilta. The Mechilta says, Ein kinyano kinyan olam. The Eved Ivri might have a kinyan Easter, And perhaps the kinyan Easter would be sufficient to eat truma. The same way we found that by an Eshesish, at least by an Arusa, the kinyan Easter allows her to eat Shuma. So why doesn't the Kenyan Isra of an Evidivri allow to eat Shuma? And the answer would be in those key words, because it's not a Kenyan Olam. The Kenyan Olam means the Kenyan Isra of an Evidivri, by definition, cannot last more than a certain amount of time.
Whereas the Kinyan Yisrael of Anishas Ish, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should be good to this couple, they should live Ad Me'ev Esrim, in a state of total harmony and happiness. In which case, the Kinyan will be, this Kinyan Yisrael was is created at one time for all time. The basic premise that we began with is the Torah told us the laws of owning an Eved Ivri. We really discussed, can you own another person? In terms of an Eved Knani, it seems that the Torah does have a concept of owning someone. And the ramifications would be that an owner who owns an Eved Knani, there's this special din called Yomo Yomayim, and the Eved Knani can eat Shuma. But we suggested that there's no such thing as owning a Jewish person. The concept of an Eved is really more of a Kenyan Isra than a Kenyan Mamon. Even if there is some sort of a Kenyan Mamon, it's not a permanent Kenyan Mamon, and certainly you cannot sell him, which might create a problem of own, the concept of ownership in the first place. With a woman, we said there's no such thing as ownership at all. But the halachas that we related to were the fact that we call it a Kenyan Isra and not a Kenyan Mamon. A Kenyan Isra, the special Kenyan that's not really concept of ownership, but in terms of creating Isurim, that does apply to an Evri as well as to the concept of Kedushin. The concept of Kedushin is an eternal concept. True, it can be broken, but if not broken, it will last forever. An Evri by definition is only temporal. Therefore, it's not considered Kenyan Olam.